We are Living by the Word Ministries, a nonprofit organization dedicated to one cause. That cause is the truth given in the Holy Bible, which we believe is the inerrant and infallible Word of God, conferred to man to live by. We let the Word of God be the final authority as to what is or is not true. We strongly feel that if we do not expose false doctrine, we only encourage it. This ministry is designed to challenge you from an apologetic point of view. 1 Peter 3.15 instructs us to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. This is Michael Tinsley. Please stay tuned while we arm you, the believer, to keep living by the word. It's the noble thing to do. Well, yes, indeed. Indeed, it is a noble thing to do to keep living by the word. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Living by the Word Ministries this Palm Sunday. Pitted by Living by the Word Ministries, Bible Information Brokers. My name is Daryl E.Z.D. Fulton, one of the teammates, and I will pass the baton to the other teammate, our dear friend Brian Allen, to lead us in a word of prayer. Thank you, Daryl. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for <clears throat> this, this day that you've given us. Lord, we just thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy, your kindness. All that you do for us, Lord, and so undeserving on our end. Lord, but we just thank you for having us here tonight, Lord. And I just lift up this broadcast to you. Lord, I just pray that your Holy Spirit just moves mightily on this broadcast through all the members. I thank you for uh, Jared, for for Daryl, for Craig, uh, for myself. And, Lord, I, I just pray that you lift us up so we can do the best job that yes. we can do uh, on this radio program that you've entrusted us with. Lord, I just lift up Eric till you couldn't be here tonight due to circumstances. Lord, thank you for having me back after three weeks being gone. Um, but, Lord, again, thank you. Lord, get the people you want on the air to be on the air. And, Lord, I just pray that. Everyone will grow uh, from the questions uh, that are answered in their most holy faith, as Daryl always says. Lord, so again, in all that we do, yes, everything that transpires from this broadcast, Lord, we give you the praise, the glory, and honor. And thank you, thank you so, so much. In Jesus' name, amen. For sake, amen. Thank you, Big Bree. Really appreciate that, Brian. Good always to have you back, my brother. And um, right now, I'm going to give the information where the listening audience can participate in the broadcast because as they participate, this broadcast would go because it is a question and answer format whereby you can call in with your open honest questions at 888-995-KKLA, numerically translated for the telephonic call. 888-995-5552 is the number 888-995-5552 if you're on internet and you're so inclined to send your question by these various formats we have here they are well let me give you the address first everything is bible info brokers on the formats i'm going to mention bible info brokers for all the formats that we have online that's by facebook if you're looking at us by way of facebook either video or audio you can send a question uh to us in there but please check in while you're on facebook uh put a little emoji in there or just put your name in there let us know you're there and while you're there slide to the right click that share button if it's to your right that little arrow that goes to the right and share that you are listening to the bible information brokers on facebook live and that way all your contacts can know and be able to participate if they're so inclined also facebook our email.com website bible info brokers tweet 
tweeting us or even messengering us. Everything is Bible info brokers. That's the format to send those questions. And we want to give you a biblical response. So here, once again, 888-995-5552, 888-995-5552. When you call in, just please just give the information, uh, your name, what the city you're calling from. Get your question right in there so we can get as many calls as we can. So And make sure you turn down any background noise that you may have, like a radio that you're listening to us on or the Internet or anything like that that would cause a background noise. This is a little technical, but we really appreciate if you do that, if you give your name, if you on the telephone. So again, 888-995-5552 is a number. 888-995-5552. Everything else is Bible Information Brokers. I'm sorry, Bible Info Brokers. Bible Info Brokers, Facebook, email, tweet, messenger, and the like. Now, with all Father ado, and who's not, tele- well, he is telephonically a champion of mine. Professor Craig Hawkins, out of the member. PCH, how you doing, brother? I'm doing okay. That's right. I said it twice, brother. <laughs> I know, I know. Hey, and, and we have this new, uh, well, uh, not necessarily a new member, but, you know, uh, your guy's back from break, uh, Mr. Brian Allen. Say hi to Brian, Craig. Yes, and I see that Mr. Eric is out there. Oh, don't start, don't start. <laughs> well, yeah. you, you know what? I, I got in contact with Aaron. Uh, um, Eric? His name with, is Eric. No, with uh, Craig's union guy. That's why he told me to oh, take the three weeks. You, he said to take the three weeks get off. Get yours while you can before <laughs> yeah. this big renegotiation happens. That's right. So, okay. so I'm gonna I'm gonna vote for him when he when he comes up for another term. <laughs> That's a pretty good move, right? That's a good move. Hey PCH, how are you doing today, brother? I'm doing okay, thank you. Good, good, man. I'm doing well, brother. Doing very well. Just a little bit on the throat side, so you'll be hearing a lot from Brian. He's trying to catch up for the five weeks or whatever he said the odd number was that he missed. So let's go right into the phone calls, guys. Uh, let's talk with Mark. Uh, Mark, what city are you calling from, Mark? Hey, may God bless you guys. Thank you, brother. What city are you uh, calling from, Mark? Can you tell me that? Uh, Fullerton. Thank you very much. Mark, what's your question for tonight, brother? I was reading in Matthew, and Jesus said in the last days, uh, many false prophets will arise and deceive many. And I was just wondering, um, how can you tell if someone's a false prophet, or how can you identify them? Uh, one of the ways you can tell is by their teaching, okay, uh, by things that they they uh, tell their congregation or uh, espouse, like over the airways. And uh, if if their teaching doesn't line up with what Scripture says, uh, I would consider them a false prophet. Uh, if they are, if they actually prophesy and say things are going to happen, and they don't happen. Uh, that's another way. And so the Bible teaches us to test all things, hold fast to that which is true. And we test what uh, these, the teachers teach, what the pastors teach. You even test what we say, okay, and line it up. Uh, you have people that will say, make comments and say, thus saith the Lord, or the Lord gave them a word, or the Lord gave them a vision, and it doesn't line up with Scripture, and, or it's wrong, and so... Uh, those are some of the ways you can tell uh, a false teacher. That's why it's so important to know the Word of God. It's so important to be in God's Word. And uh, like Craig always said, uh, the number one thing is context, context, context. So when you're studying God's Word in its proper context, uh, when uh, false teaching comes around, th- that Holy Spirit alarm clock uh, uh, alarm is going to go off and let you know that you have some false teaching going on, which to me is false prophecy as well. Craig? Well, exactly, Brian. So 
as you really rightly said, uh, Deuteronomy 13 tells us, and 18, again, they teach things that are false theologically, that stray from what God has already revealed, or they predict things that don't come to pass. Um, but but there's, there's other real clear tests. I think of, but, but I commend this process, I think of what Jesus says to the church at Ephesus in Revelation 2, he commends them for examining those who claim to be prophets but were not. They, they tested them, they, they judged, they weighed, they discerned what they were saying and showed that it was unbiblical, and so they're praised by the Lord for doing that. We're told, for example, in First John chapter 4, for example, First John 4, verses 1 through 5, about some, some teaching. Also the same thing, we're told, those who deny Jesus, for example, not the only test, but who deny he came in bodily form. In First John chapter 2, we're told, starting verse 18, but really up to verses 20 to 23, uh, again, those who deny Jesus is the Christ. So even though it's maybe not as popular in one sense today, I think it's simply become more mainstream, but the New Age movement teaches almost always that Jesus is a, a Christ. He's not the Christ. He's not the way. He's a way shower. You too can have the Christ consciousness. You too are a, a manifestation of Christ or the God Spirit. And so these, these markers are some of the tests that we, we apply. There's just a number of them. There's a, a book by a guy named David Brees called The Marks of a Christian, The Marks of a Christian, and he lists the things that Christians should look for and when it comes to false theology. So just want you to know I really appreciate your question. I think it's so 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 important, and to some people it sounds negative, but the, the gospel isn't all fun and games. It's all not just positive. Uh, Paul says, for example, in Philippians 1, that he was set for the defense and the proclamation, not just the proclamation, the so-called positive side, but the, the, the defense side. The two go together, and, and we need to do that for our own good, the good of our family, and the good of our extended body, uh, church body of family. Hey, uh, Mark, I hope that helps you with that question there, brother. That's an excellent question, by the way. Uh, yes, yes, I know we're living in the last days, so I'm just, you know, trying to be on the lookout for that, because I don't want to be deceived, so I certainly appreciate the answer. Thank you. God bless you, man. appreciate your phone call. Ladies and gentlemen, just like Mark, you can call in right now. We have some open lines at 888-995-5552, 888 And don't forget, if you're on Facebook, make sure that you check in with us. Let us know that you're out there. Um, and that, that information is Bible Info Brokers on Facebook. Email us, tweet us, or messenger us your questions at Bible Info Brokers. Brian, you want to say something? Yeah, you know, Darryl, That's why you had your hand up? Yeah, you were, you were reading, so I just said to <laughs> I, I can't reach over and slap you, so. Uh, uh, that, then, Craig, that's how silly it is, Craig. I'm talking my union guy myself. Me, it's calling me Will Smith, I guess. <laughs> Any, anyway, um, you know, I, I was watching, I was telling you, Gerald, I was watching um, the Ten Commandments yesterday, okay. last night. And, I, you know, as many times as I've seen it, I, I really enjoy it. But there was something that just hit me yesterday that um that was just really powerful and it was just awesome and that was um after you know the uh, egyptian uh, army was just wiped out you know the, the sea collapsed on them and 
and then uh, Pharaoh came back to you know his cubby hole and he you know his wife basically said you know where's Moses's body and he said something that, and I just never thought of it before but he said his God is God and I thought that was just powerful and I, it did you know I, I'm sure I've heard it before but it didn't hit me uh, like it did last night and it it made me think of Galatians 4, 4, 8, where it says, however, at that time, when you did not know God, you were slaves of those which by nature are no gods. And there's so many false teachers out there. There's so many false gods out there. There's so many people that uh, have gods, you know, for whatever reason, you know, it is. But you know what? Their God is not God, but our God is is God. And that was just powerful when, when I heard him say that. Eternal consequences, huh? Exactly. Well, sure. And, you know, Brian, related to that point and to, to Mark's question, um, today, <coughs> excuse me, today we have a civic religion just like they did in the days of Rome. At the time of Rome, you could practice various religions. All that mattered was that you swore allegiance to Caesar and yes. to Rome first. So if you swore allegiance and later on actually literally a form of worship of Caesar, you could you could practice all kinds of religions, and the Christians got in trouble because their first allegiance was to Christ, and they would not swear ultimate allegiance to Caesar. And so that's why eventually they couldn't serve in the military, because you had to do the vow or the pledge, if you will, to, to, to Caesar. And, and we might think, oh, but how foreign that is, how different from today, but it's not. We have a civic religion today, which is like this, basically... You can believe whatever you want, God is ever you define them, as long as you basically say all paths lead to God. As long as as everybody's form of worship is valid, you accept everybody's form and are are okay with that and can celebrate them, then you can do what you want. Now, I don't want people to be confused. We're not saying we don't support people's right under the U.S. Constitution to practice and believe as they want. Uh, That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, though, that I have to say that their view is correct. And so you watch TV and all the vain attributions to God, whomever that being may be, and so on and so on and so forth. But my point is, as long as you acknowledge all paths lead to God, all forms of spirituality or religion are legit, you can do what you want in America. And that's the problem, because the Christian says, no, again, I'll support people's rights to, to believe what they want and practice their view, but I ultimately support my right and the right of others to say, I disagree with you, and with all due respect, we can have civil dialogue and disagreement, not to incite or foment uh, hatred or harm to one another. Of course, some think even disagreeing leads to that. That's so childish. That's so immature. That's basically saying people are so immature today, maybe it's true, that they can't even have a civil, they can't even have a civil dialogue. So we, I would argue we live as, in the day of, of Rome, the Roman times, as much as the Romans did at that time, with our own version of the civic religion. You know, when you're talking about uh, civil dialogue, uh, PCH, now you know uh, uh, good and well in the public arena, in the, in the, you know, the public place, especially in colleges, and you can definitely talk to this, PCH, that... How, how balanced is it whereby, when I say balanced, just fair it is that uh, all all voices can be heard as long as you're not inciting some kind of thing or doing something illegal. I mean, it's almost like the decisions that we come up with, with from the court to the other places. But how civil is it in the the, the, the place where higher education should be had and dialogue not, should happen? It's not. Okay. 
when 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 when, when far more many people were Christians or identified as such. The liberals and others said, we just want a place at the table, we have a right to be able to speak, and all public all opinions should be held in the public marketplace of ideas, they have a right to do that. Now that they've ascended to power and the majority and all the snowflakes, uh, they, oh, I, I can't handle that, I need a safe place because this is so traumatic for me. And you see even this, like the case in the last month or so at Yale University, the law school, where they were trying have a dialogue and a, a debate about certain matters, legal and other freedoms. And they could even carry it out because little snowflakes were trying to shout them down. And they, they basically, their, their view of free speech was, we have a, we have a right to, uh, to, to drown you out and not let you ex- speak. But the, the irony is that free speech is, was only intended for controversial speech. Now, we're not saying yelling fire in a crowded theater when it's not true. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the idea, free speech was designed, and, and our Bill of Rights was designed for, de- indeed, for speech that people, First Amendment rights is for p- speech that people do disagree with. Why would you need a, an amendment protecting free speech if it was just simply saying what everybody agrees with? But we've come to a day and age where people are being ruled out, out of hand. And look at the people they're trying to, uh, well, people get knocked off of, of Facebook or Twitter, or mm. people who can't express their opinions or trying to shut down business that are staunchly Christian, trying to cut them off through PayPal, uh, through uh, the banks and other not offering services or freezing their accounts and causing all kinds of mayhem. We we live in a wild day, and, and the average Christian better wake up and smell the coffee. Indeed. And as you're smelling the coffee, uh, Jr. how you doing out there? Number one, I just thought about you when you said coffee. And those of you <laughs> that are with us, call 888-995-5552. We have a few open lines. You can call in with your open honest question. Richard, we're going to get to you momentarily. Uh, but everybody else, can you simply write your question in on Facebook, email us at our .com website, tweet us or messenger us. All those formats are Bible Info brokers, Bible info brokers. Guys, what I'm gonna do is take us to the next caller and let's talk with our good friend Joy in Costa Mesa. Joy, thanks for holding on and calling in. Oh, thank you always. And uh, happy Palm Sunday. As well, and yes. I appreciated your thank you and your comments, Brian, that you were saying. And Professor, I appreciate the reminder we proclaim and we defend the gospel because it's everything you already just covered it now, but yeah, out there, people just have all kinds of, um, you know, they just say all kinds of things that they don't really know what they're right, talking about, right. or they think they do, and you just, but anyway, my question is yes, that I met, a, I met a group of very um, uh, devout, uh, committed Catholics, young boys that were like 18 years old, very committed to the Catholic Church and devout, and just asking me, why you're Christian, are you Catholic, you know, like that, and Anyway, I did the best I could, and then in the end, there was one that really zeroed in and uh, asked him sincere questions, and he said, well, he, and I wanted my question, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll explain it, I want to hear what you would have at, uh, said to him, Professor. So anyway, he says um, that he had his, uh, a while ago, kind of a repentant um, experience, like his Maybe he was living sinful before, and then he really came to uh, to repent. And he said his relationship, when I was talking about it's like a relationship, not the religion, and you can have Jesus up in the head, but you have to have him in the heart, you have to know him as your Savior. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and he said he did. And anyway, so then he says he found that his relationship 
was through the sacraments. That's how he had his relationship, through the communion and through the just the other sacraments in the Catholic Church. So my end of it was, I did the best I could, but I said, well, just to encourage him to read the Bible and especially the Book of Romans and ask the Lord to open his eyes. But I wonder, what would you say to that when they say that they're committed, they have a relationship to the sacraments, Professor? Well, we can debate sacraments versus ordinances. That's not where I want to go. Of course, they believe there's seven sacraments, and at best, Lutherans and a few others within uh, Protestantism say there's two, but baptism and the Lord's Supper. And the sacrament has a very specific meaning. It refers to something that's tangible, visible, commanded by God, number two, in any order. Number three, it, it communicates, or it's a meaning for communicating the means of grace or the forgiveness of God. So that's what a sacrament is defined, three points I just mentioned. And so, for example, Lutherans would say there's two. Typically, Baptists would hold there's no sacraments, just ordinances, and so on and so forth. But I would say, well, hey, I appreciate that, but I think you're missing out. The Church has been very clear, the means of grace, the Church history, are not just sacrament, sacraments for participation in communion, as important as I think that is, but prayer and the Word of God, and if you don't know the Word of God, you're really missing out. I mean, so mm. basically, the other's kind of mystical, you know, so he's going to believe in infant baptism, that's the first, right? The last one is enabling grace, well, how's that going to help you? You're basically uh, dying, I mean, excuse me, extreme unction, you're, you're dead, our last rites, you're dying, oh, that helps me a lot in life. But you're you're missing out on so much, and so why are you not spending time in the Word of God? And that's what I always want to emphasize with people who claim to be Christians or otherwise. If the Bible is indeed the Word of God, then that transcends, that trumps all uh, the three sources of authority in Roman Catholicism. And by the way, of course, I would have corrected and said, no, I'm Catholic, you're Roman Catholic. Mm. I'm universal and orthodox, the faith I hold to. You're Roman Catholic, one of the five papal sees of the early Church. You're not the whole Church. And church history disagrees with you. They don't. They, most of them don't know church history. They only know it is through their lenses. Uh, so I'm not doubting there are sincere Roman Catholics who believe, I believe that some of them really do know the Lord, uh, Jesus, and are trusting in Him for salvation. But I would argue, and their uh, emphasis upon the sacraments as they understand them, they're missing out on the vitalness and, and vitality of their relationship with God they could have through the Word of God. Yeah. And so, uh, I mean, I want, so, you know, again, the sacraments, like, again, that would include marriage or holy orders. Uh, okay, can God work on those things? Sure, but nothing works in you like the Spirit of God, but primarily through the Word of God. Why does First John 2, 12-14 tell us, you're strong because the Word of God, he says to the young men, the Word of God abides in you. So there's a place for tradition, there's a place for for councils and creeds, absolutely. Indeed, the early Church talked about the three chords of fellowship, but they were in this order, Scripture, creed, and then tradition. But tradition, not as a Roman Catholic or Eastern Orthodox understand that, the Greek word paradosis, but which is the ostensible, tangible, or visible, viable teaching of the Church, as you read someone like Irenaeus and is against heresy. See, the problem with Protestants, we, we, we've bequeathed the early Church Fathers, that is, the disciples of the disciples, to Ro- Roman Catholicism and Eastern Orthodoxy, and we need to reclaim them, because I'm going to argue they're arguing in our favor. Uh, but most most 
Protestants have never heard of Papias, Polycarp, or Ignatius of Antioch, or Irenaeus of Leon, France, or what have you. And so, again, vitally going to the Word of God, and then showing its importance, and, and, and but the supremacy of Scripture. And, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll tradition, I'll listen to any pastor or even priest if they're faithful to God's Word. See, even as a Protestant, well... Uh, and if I was a Roman Catholic, I'd say the same thing. If a given priest or a pope departs from the Word of God, I'm chucking them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, my allegiance, and I'm so tired of the hero worship, even in Protestantism, mm-hmm. we follow and often blindly certain leaders, and Brian just said earlier, rightly so, going to, in essence, First Thessalonians 5, we're to test all things, and we would say that includes what we say, by the Word of God. The standard for the human being is, of course, Jesus, um, but his divinely written Word of God, the Old and New Testament, as he's given to us, that's our source of authority, and we need to follow it. And we only, I only follow any leader, or I will go along with them, only as they're faithful to the Word of God. And where they depart from the Word of God, we should depart from them. <laughs> 100 percent absolutely absolutely Thank you so much and and professor one one that goes along with that how do they get so committed to this catholic church i mean like they like their priest or how do you think that well sure there there is and then i actually found that there's an article by g.i packer he wrote years ago of course he's gone on to be at the lord he was a great theologian he wrote an article in, in christianity today years ago in the 80s i believe it's entitled rome is not heaven but he talks about reasons mm. that people are attracted to Rome and to Eastern Orthodoxy. Look, there are committed, there are conservative, there are passionate Roman Catholics. Who, if we have this idea they're all nominal Roman Catholics and they don't really practice their religion, uh, I mean, that's mm-hmm. not true. Yeah, there are nominal ones, Roman right. Catholics, like there are nominal Protestants, but there are plenty, and there's a right. movement afoot of Roman Catholic apologetics, like Catholic Answers with Carl Keating and others, we're very passionate about their views, and the Protestant Church should wake up, and we can learn much. So, so in other words, they really are. There are younger people who are fired up. I mean, some people, in one sense, good news is there are young people who are so tired of liberalism and the, and the nincompoopishness of the dumb arguments that are given today for, for liberal theological and political ideology that there are many who embrace conservative views, but they're not just Protestants. There are many Roman Catholics and some Eastern Orthodox as well that are very thoughtful and and uh, conservative and committed, and we need to be able as Protestants to thoughtfully engage them. Indeed. Hey, Joy, that's an excellent Thank question. Keep, keep fighting that good fight out there, Joy. Really appreciate your phone Thank call you. as usual. God bless you. Ladies and gentlemen, just like Joy called in, Mark also called in. You can call in right now. We have a few open lines at 888-995-5552. You know, everything else is Bible Info Brokers on our Facebook page or email.com website where you can, you know, kind of navigate around there and see what we have to offer as far as resources and things like that. So take an opportunity to send your question in by way of email, Facebook, tweet, or messenger. That's Bible Info Brokers. Bible Info Brokers. Or you can call in right now. 888-995-5552. 888-995-5552. We're going to go to Fountain Valley, I believe it is, and talk with Richard. Richard, thanks for holding on. Yeah, um, as Christians, I do know that you know we have joy down here on earth before we get to heaven. Mm-hmm. 
uh, this question is regarding Psalm 16, 8 through 11. Uh, in your presence there is fullness of joy at your right hand of pleasures forevermore. Um, uh, th- this scripture used to give me a lot of uh, uplift, you know, uh, until someone uh, heard in a sermon, well, no, that's when you get to heaven. So my question is, are these uh, joys and pleasures forevermore when we get to heaven, or is it, is it saying uh, we get these down here on earth before you know, that, let me tell you something, Richard. That's an excellent question. But, but I'm just trying to imagine a person that told you, no, you're not going to have any joy down here. you got to wait till you get to heaven to get the joy, maybe the joy everlasting. I'm going to let the professor talk on that. But I'm just trying to imagine the the party pooper. Oh, no, no, I, I, <laughs> that I, t- I said that I know we do get joy down here. Okay, I'm just making sure. I, okay, I did not hear that. Part. I'm glad you said that, brother. I'm just trying to imagine a person who would say that. APCH, what about no, this no, no. joy? Is this a joy forevermore that we're going to have uh, joy everlasting? in heaven, I would imagine. Well, there's too many other passages. Sometimes we create what are called false dilemmas. It's either here or there. How about both and? Some, some things are not either or, they're both and. And so in many passages of the New Testament, uh, Paul talks about you know joy, joy, peace, and righteousness. And joy is greater than happiness. Happiness yes. is contingent upon circumstances. Joy is something that comes out of us by the Holy Spirit. Joy, peace, and righteousness that we can have because we're aware of God and His goodness and it, who God is, two key things, who God is and what He has done and is doing for us. So, so they're both. They're, it's both. Now, however, we have to look at this specific passage in context. So, of course, I'm, I am actually turning, excuse me, turning, turning <laughs> to... Are you turning or flipping? What, which one are you doing with your page? With uh, your I'm trying to keep my Bible halfway in <laughs> okay. place. It's taken me a while to get there. Uh, but we have to look at the context. So... Uh, I would argue the context is in heaven, but that doesn't mean it's not here. So context, context, context. The context is, I have set the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. So that definitely applies to life, right? Sure it does. But he goes on to say, therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure, because you will not abandon me to the grave, and you will not let your Holy One see decay. So he's talking about the afterlife. That's the context. Then you have made known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. So you couple that with, say, Psalm 116, 15 and other passages. And I would argue in context, it's really referring to when we die, that it is uninterrupted, unmitigated joy. But that doesn't mean we can't and shouldn't experience joy here and now. And so the average person, again, they really only know happiness. If my investments do well, if my, you know, my, if, if things are going well, my kids are doing what they should be doing, X, Y, and Z, then I'm happy. Joy comes from God and it's, Paul had joy even in the midst of being beaten with a cat of nine tails or shipwrecked. Paul still had joy, and that's why he can say, you know, to rejoice. And again, I say, you know, to rejoice. He says it twice in Philippians, in the space of two verses, to rejoice. And we can do that in the face of hardships and sufferings, not because we're masochists, not because we don't realize that things can be difficult, but we realize God is in control and he's working all things together for our good. And we're confident that he's going to triumph through us, whatever the outcome may be in this life. 
we we win. And so that joy is unspeakable. The joy is knows no limits, and it's not contingent upon my circumstances. It's it's only contingent upon me being stayed upon Christ and keeping my mind stayed upon Him. But that's part of the problem. We let ourselves get distracted by all kinds of things in life. Some really important and some pretty petty. Uh, but in heaven, that those distractions will be taken out of the way. So it's really joy in, both in heaven, or the new heavens and the new earth, we should say, and here and now. It just now can be a little more transitory, not because God doesn't give it in an overwhelming, abundant fashion, but because we take our eyes off God, like Peter out trying to walk on the water. As long as he was looking to the Lord, he was fine. When he took his eyes off Christ, he began to sink, and so it is with us. You know, if I can just add one quick thing, Richard, before we let you go, that Paul talks about, uh, you know, rejoicing in the Lord for the people who have done things for him in First uh, Philippians 4. But along with that joy that uh, um, Professor was talking about, even in the circumstances, Professor was talking about what people count on the things that they have and happiness as we speak, depending on what's happening. Paul learned in uh, 4.11 of Philippians saying that, not that I'm speaking of anything to being in need, for I have learned and in whatever situation I am to be content. So no matter, even if we are abounding in the pleasures and the things, the toys of life, or we're not, we are to understand our, our situation as Christians to be content no matter what our situation is. And the reason why I, I love this particular scripture is because what a, I mean, just imagine your children having you as a father or having the father we have in God, and we're not content. As magnificent and holy and awesome as he is, and all these things we talk about, his uh, his attributes, how can we not be content in this earth knowing what we have for eternity and also how he supplies all our needs according to his riches and glory? You know, it's almost sinful not to be content as a believer, in my thinking, because of the God we say we serve. And you know what? As Christians, we need to look at what what's temporary and yeah, what's eternal. Indeed, indeed. And so, when you know, you, you use a very important word, uh, Daryl, content. Mm-hmm. And if you look at, no matter what you're going through, on uh, on this side of heaven, when you die and you go into eternity, it's for eternity. Indeed. And it's 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 going to be no more pain, no more suffering. It's going to be beautiful. Mr. Richard from Fountain Valley, thank you very much for your phone call, brother. Appreciate you. Thank you. God bless you, man. Thank you, guys. All righty. 888 is the number. 888 is the number. Everything else is Bible Info Brokers for your Facebook question, email, or tweet, or even messenger us. Before we go to our special guest, Brian, that you have in queue, why don't you let the people know how they can, I know you love this word I give you, how they can what? Participate. How they can what? <laughs> Participate. In the giving, as far as financially speaking, yes, we always want to solicit your prayers for uh, not only us as individuals, but also collectively as a ministry, but but here, Brian is going to tell you how you can participate uh, in giving. Very easy, Daryl. You just go to the website. You, you've been mentioning it all morning, uh, BibleInfoBrokers.com, BibleInfoBrokers.com. Click on the link. It says support this ministry, support and donate, and you can just take it from there. It's very, very simple. Uh, the other way, if you want to mail in your donation, it's real easy. Make your uh, check, crash your check, whatever the case might be. Make it out to Living by the Word. And you can mail it to P.O. Box 90477, 90477. That's in Los Angeles, California, 90009. Los Angeles, California, 90009. And I say all the time, we really do thank you 
for your prayers. We thank you for your donations. And <clears throat> I thank you in advance for those that will be giving and that those that will be praying for us. But it's important. It's important to pray for this ministry. You know, we, we say a lot of times, the devil hates our guts, does not want us to be on the air, does not want us to answer your Bible questions. Uh, but praise God, we, we've, we've been on air, what, Daryl, 24, 25 years, somewhere in there. And, you know, by, by the grace of God, and because of our faithful listeners that, yes. uh, that, that support this ministry and and Daryl, I think you're still getting paid what you got paid like 25 years ago. Zero. Oh, you don't have to brag about it, Brian. You Zero. It. <laughs> no, but the case. I want to raise because I'm putting up with all these guys taking these, breaks. These funds take care of our radio, Indeed. our radio bill, and, and again, it's for, from you guys. And we want to say thank you. We really do. We really do. We really appreciate that. So, hey, Brian, without further ado, why don't you um, introduce our guest, and I'm gonna bring him on the line here. Uh, let, let us know what he's up to. Yeah, we have. Uh, Pastor John from Core Church, uh, great, great man of God, and he's really done a lot with the men's fellowship. And so, um, good evening, Pastor John. You there? Yes, I am. Good evening. God bless you guys. Hey, thank you hey, so much. How are you doing? Doing well, doing well. You guys are on fire, man. Praise God. 24, 25 years, huh? Yeah, that's it. So praise God for that. Hey, Pastor uh, John, if you can just let the listening audience know, just take about a couple minutes and just share with the listening audience what you, uh, what you what's going on at Court Church over the weekend. Sure. Um, again, I'm Pastor John from Court Church, Los Angeles. We're on La Cienega, just north of 10 Freeway. And I lead the medicine ministry, and it's called Legacy. So we meet every first and third Saturday of the month, and um, there's men that get together to praise and worship Jesus Christ, because he is worthy. Mm. So we're not ashamed to say we're Christians, and uh, yeah, men are being built up, because we were once dead in our transgressions, but Jesus Christ came down, God incarnate, to save us. Uh, we're currently going through the book of Colossians, and uh, Jesus is sufficient. That's what men need to understand. All you need is Jesus to turn your life around. The real God. This world, it'll put a number on you. So, uh, yeah, we have Good Friday service at 12 o'clock at Court Church, so people need to come on out. Um, and obviously we're going to have three services on Sunday, uh, 8.30, 10.30, and 12.30 at Court Church Los Angeles. Uh, but again, I'm inviting all the men to step up and lead, because if things are going bad around the world, <laughs> it's actually happening on our watch, and we could do a lot about it by praying and showing our loyalty to Christ Jesus. Amen. Well, uh, Pastor John, I, I do want to... Uh, say thank you for your commitment to the men's group. Um, uh, you know, uh, I don't go as frequent as I should, uh, but I do get a ton of feedback uh, from the men there. They love it. Uh, when I've gone, it's just been phenomenal. So, again, I encourage uh, 
uh, everyone to come out. It's, it's the first and third third Saturday of the, of the month. You do not have to be a member of Core Church. You you can be a member of any church. Any anybody any men can come, and so I would encourage the men to uh, come on down to Core Church. And if if you can't remember the address, just just Google it, look online, get the address. And and Pastor John, what time does it start again on Saturday? It starts at ten a.m. sharp. So ten. there's a lot of structure and discipline. So you can still yeah. get out and do everything and accomplish everything you have to do in the day. But do yourself a favor, man. Put God first. Indeed. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Pastor John, for for joining us this uh, this evening. And uh, it's good seeing you today. And um, we'll pro- probably be there on Friday. Good Friday. Amen. So. Pastor John, thank hey, you very man, much, God brother. Bless you guys. You are as well, man. 888-995-5552 is the number. 888-995-5552. With your open, honest questions, we want to give you a biblical response. Please, please, please take advantage of it. If you're on Facebook, you know, I see that we're up there live now. If you don't mind checking in or rechecking in if you haven't done so already, and make sure you hit that share button to let people know in your contacts that you are listening to us live now, and they may be able to uh, participate now or later on in archive shows. Guys, let's go to Hollywood. Down, well down, and talk with David. Oh, you're so bad. <laughs> yeah, you're so bad. How you doing, David? Oh, doing real good. Tonight. I'm sorry. Is it Dave or David? Right. Sometimes uh, is it Dave, right? Uh, Dave or David? Take your pick. Okay, we'll go with Dave. I like Dave. Okay, good, good deal, fellas. I bring you greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus. Thank you, sir. Uh, this evening, uh, my my question tonight is just two quick questions. Uh, that doesn't mean your answers are going to be quick. Good point. Uh, uh, you've Pastor, listened to the show before, huh, Dave? <laughs> uh, pardon me, sir? I said you've listened to the show before, then, if you know oh, that. Oh, yes, say that. absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Long-time listener. Uh, you, at least 20 years, if not wow. more than that. Wow. Uh, fellas, my, my question, as I say, is two, two questions tonight. Um, uh, Pastor PCH, or whoever would like to uh, take a stab at this, uh, several years ago, uh, I had to break off contact with my brother, because I know that my brother was possessed uh, by a very evil spirit. Now, when my daughter, who is now 38 years old, uh, she was down with visitation with, uh, with me, and my mother was alive then, and her husband and my brother. She had gone out for visitation one afternoon uh, with uh, her grandparents, my mother, and my brother was there. She came home, she was six years old, she came home from that visit, I could tell immediately by the look on her face, completely dejected, uh, disconcerted, if you can say that, of a six-year-old little girl. She told me that my brother, uh, her Uncle Mickey, she said, Uncle Mickey told me today that there is no God. Uh, my question first, then, fellas, I can't tell you how that breaks my heart to this day. Now, that's been 32 years ago. Uh, is Did my brother, in your opinion, uh, commit the unpardonable sin? Well, let, let, me, let me take a stab at it, Dave. Sure. Ba- basically, what the, unpar- the unpardonable sin is, is rejecting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Yes. That is the unpardonable sin. So, one, a Christian, a true Christian, cannot commit it because they have accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. So the question would have to be, uh, is your brother 
a Christian? Did he accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? If he did not, then he is and has committed the unpardonable sin. I got you. I got you. Well, I have not seen my brother now in 11 years. Mm-hmm. haven't even spoken to him in that amount of time. Are you praying uh, for him? Uh, uh, I Dave? am praying for him, sir. All right. Like uh, I... Uh, like I, I have never prayed for anyone yeah. in my life Good. except uh, now for my daughter. Yes. Now, after my brother told that to my daughter, as time went on, and by the time she got into high school, she had completely left uh, the idea that made her so comfortable and feel so good, the idea of God. Uh, she started becoming promiscuous mm-hmm. in high school. She started ditching school. She took two international shack-ups with two different guys, ended up living in what I would call um, not a, uh, 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 oh gosh, I hate to say it on the air, but a whorehouse. It wasn't that specifically in uh, Santa Cruz, California. Uh, She did, however, a few years ago, somewhat turn her life around uh, and uh, at least got married at that point. Mm-hmm. Whether or not my brother has realized his sin, uh, I pray that he has. Whether or not he has and has actually asked Jesus into his heart, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But can but uh, can he repent from what I would call that very grievous sin of denying Jesus to my daughter? Because in Jesus' own words, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father. Also, the scripture that states, if you hurt one of these little ones, certainly he hurt a little one, it would be better for you that be cast into the deepest of seas with a millstone around your neck than for what you're going to... Uh, realize uh, for your sin. Hey, Dave, this man, this is uh, this is an epic situation, and I'm sure more than a notion for many people listening in our listening audience. So that's a lot to unpack. Let's yes, give sir. the professor an opportunity to do some unpacking. PCH. Well, Dave, thank you for your call again. Good to hear from you again. So, so sorry to hear about your daughter yes. yeah. and your brother. Now, I, I would argue we don't know that he's committed the unpardonable sin. Certainly, he's in the past was living in sin and didn't know Christ. My motto is is that as long as someone has breath, as long as I'm alive, I'm praying for them. Amen. And so, yeah, what he did was horrific, and no doubt there's other things that goes with this. What he did was horrific, what he said to your daughter. But, and again, I'm not justifying that, it's horrible, but that doesn't mean he can't be saved. What matters is that that before he dies, is that he repents. So, yeah, if he dies in a state of unbelief, and then, of course, then he has committed the unpardonable sin, because that is, again, rejecting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But I don't count people out, and... I've, I've lived long enough in my 60s to see people who uh, we thought never would come to Christ who do, sometimes on their deathbed. It does happen. I, I ironically, in high school, uh, some people I knew who were Christians, I, I was related to them and otherwise knew them, they had voted me most likely never come to Christ. <laughs> now, um, so, I, I mean, I realize it's been a while since I've been with the Lord, but the point is, we don't go by our own perceptions. We go by the grace of God, and I just, I believe, and I, since I don't know who's going to be saved, I, I never give up. 
I will pray to the day I die for certain people and family members or until the day they die. Um, and that's just the way it is. And, and I don't think you can go wrong because it is the heart of the Father to me to want to see people to repent. And some people have committed some pretty horrific sins, uh, but God is in the business of saving horrific sinners. Mm. Got you, fellas. Thank you very much for that answer. And, that brings some peace to my heart. Uh, as I say, it, uh, my brother, a prayer for my brother is the first on my lips in the morning and the last yeah, on my great. lips mm-hmm. before I go to bed at that's night. Nice, and you, you know one thing, I, I always, Dave, I always like to use the example of the thief on the cross. And um, yeah. he was on that cross for a reason. You know, he did something pretty horrific. And, uh, but, you know, he believed in Christ before he died. And what did Jesus tell him? He says, today you'll be with me in paradise. Mm. So, um, and, and if you take other, um, you know, just just situations in the Bible, just situations in today's church, um, people have done some horrific things. People have been, uh, have life sentences in prison but have come to Christ for things that, and, you know, for things that they have done, they've come to Christ, but now they have eternal salvation. So, yeah, there's, like Craig said, there's always hope until that last breath. Indeed. Yes, sir. Uh, thank you, fellas. Now, my next question, uh, uh, I've owned property in uh, rural, uh, remote areas, and uh, the tradition there is before you drill for a water well, you bring out a dowser, and he uh, uses his technique uh, for finding water, uh, finding uh, a well, uh, uh, a water fissure, no matter how deep it is in the ground, but they claim they can find it. Uh, some use, uh, the only process that I know that they use is by using two sticks that are L-shaped with a short part of the L in your hand and the longer part uh, out over the well. Now, I have never seen this done because the properties that I have bought already had a well existing. But this is the tradition, this is the process that is used. I spoke with one gentleman who had a dowser out to his property, and the sticks uh, that he held out over the well, uh, this gentleman witnessed the dowser holding the sticks, and he was holding the sticks so tight Yet despite that, the sticks still moved, uh, indicating water, and he could not hold the sticks uh, steady. The bark on, on the, the bark of the wood of the sticks actually uh, turned right off of the wood in his hands. So uh, volatile was the move of the sticks. My question is, is this biblical? Or is this paranormal or super uh, supernatural? And if it is, there's a suggestion of the occult. Could you answer that, please, sir? You know, I'm going to let Craig answer that, but it reminds me of being in professor's class. It was one of the first class I've ever took with Craig. It was called the Tools of the Occult, mm-hmm. and that was one of them. So, Craig, go at it. 
Sure, I would argue from my investigations and my understanding, there's no, it's actually another name for it. It's called not just dowsing, but water witching. It's a form of the occult. There's no scientific basis for it to, to operate that way. And I would, I would frankly rather call an engineer or someone who actually has scientific methods and ways to find water on your property as opposed to an occultic method. So how it works is really occultism. It has nothing, if, it, if indeed and when it does work. So, I don't doubt that things happen that are, quote-unquote, supernatural or paranormal. The question is, is there a scientific basis for them, or is it something that has its 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 origin or source in the occult? And that's my understanding of, of water witching. I, I personally would not utilize it. I believe it's unbiblical. All right, I understand, fellas. Thank you very much. Uh, Pastor PCH, just one last point, not a question. I became a Christian in 1980, although I must admit... Uh, that it would be several years before I finally got my butt off of the fence <laughs> and over onto the uh, 100% onto the side of Jesus. Uh, uh, Pastor, I believe, well, what I would do is I came uh, home every day from where I was working. As a matter of fact, it was developing a, a piece of property out in the foothills of the Sierras. I would come home every day. The first station that I would put on when I got home was the Bible Answer Man featuring uh, Dr. Walter Martin. And uh, as I understand it, uh, Pastor PCH, you would probably have been there in the studio working with Dr. Martin. Would you have not, sir? Well, by that time, yes. I became a Christian in 1975. Mm. So two more years would be 50 for me. But um, I started at CRI in 1985, 1987, they put me on a local program called CRI Perspectives, and then in 88 and through 90, I, I did the Bible Answer Man. So the last year of his life, Walter Martin, I, I did the, the Bible Answer Man every day with him, and I did it when he was not there, and then I did it a year after his death. So, yeah, I mean, that time frame, if you're talking going back to, to 85, that's... Again, 85 is when I started at CRI, and within uh, three years there, I was on, on the, the Bible Instagram program. Mm -hmm. Okay, and last question. What year did uh, Pastor uh, uh, Martin die, sir? Well, that was 1990. 1990. Yeah. Okay, Martin passes in 90. Yeah, oh, actually, 89, excuse me, 89, yeah, because... I was at CRI for five years, and I was a, there a year after his death, so I apologize. He died in 1989. And, and, okay. And real quick, Dave, you can you can go on to YouTube, and you can still see a lot of Dr. Martin's stuff, or go to waltermartin.org or waltermartin.com, and uh, you, can see, you can see, you can get a lot of his teachings. Great. Hey, hey Dave, Great. I'm going I'm to make the final uh, comment about Walter Martin, and we're going to let you go. We have to come to the top of our break, but I wanted to keep you on the air when I say this. When I was doing ministry the other day, uh, Brian, in your town in L.A., uh, you know, at the uh, 18 meeting place, we uh, was out there doing my little job, warming up with a little putter in my hand, and the guy was asking me a question. We were talking, and I saw he had, like, a hat on that said something about Jesus. And I said, well, what is that? Who's that Jesus guy on your head? Or something along that line. He said, no, man, that's Jesus, man. What are you talking about Jesus. And I said, all right, buddy, calm down, calm down. I said, I'm good, I'm good. And then we were talking, something I either had in my bag or something like that to ask him the question about, well, I heard your voice or something before we got to talking. We got to talking, and he said something about Walter Martin. 
I said, Walter Martin, I have his picture, man. I got the last picture that he took at the, at the men's retreat that he went to up. And he said, no, no, stop right there. I was there. I said, you were there? Because the guy looked familiar, honestly. He was there. As what he's, what we're all claiming, Greg, I've made this claim before, to be Walter Martin's last public appearance with a, a group of um, basically black guys up in the mountains doing a retreat. And we took a, a, a picture of him, and I'm claiming that to be not naming the claimant, but it's claiming that to be the last picture of Walter Martin's public appearance. That's yeah. what I have. Do you have a copy of it? Yeah, I showed you guys before. I'm no, not do you have you it now? I don't have it with me. I'm not going to show it to you You're guys. Gonna again. Bring You're going to try to snatch it from me. You're going to bring it next but week. Anyway, Dave, thanks for your phone call, brother. Appreciate <laughs> you. Yeah. Thank God you, fellas. God bless you, and good night. Yeah, man, God that bless was, you, I mean, I love to meet people out there like that when we have those uh, type of things. But that guy looked familiar. You know how you see somebody. That, I mean, how long ago was that? Like 1989, I think it was, or 1988? Man, whatever it was, it was some time ago. And I'll tell you, uh, I've got to find that picture now since I didn't brought it up. I used to have it in my wallet, but now I have to find out what I did with it. 888-995-5552 is the number. 888-995-5552 is the number. Everything else is Bible Info Brokers. Bible Info Brokers for your open and your honest question. Look on the next side of the break. Matter of fact, folks, go ahead and call in. We have some open lines now. Let's get your call set up before we take this break. And, guys, on the other side of the break, I'd like to bring up a question about something like what's going on now. And is there a theory or a concept, Craig and Brian, that you may be aware of or may not be aware of, of a just war? And the reason why I'm bringing that up is because and I'll kind of give you a little hint that God actually had um, many, um, you know, the Israelites back in the day to go to war with people. And if God is a just God, and if there's a concept or a theory of a just war today and the way that things are going on with Russia and Ukraine, I want to talk about that. Is there any kind of connection to the just war concept and God being a just God that would lead a person or lead a group of people and tell them to go to war? Let's do that on the side of the break. We'll take a break right now and be back after these messages. At, call us right now at 888-995-5552. 888-995-5552. Every single thing else, every other format is Bible Info Brokers. Facebook, email, tweet, messenger us. Please do that. Brian, get all this stuff set up for you. Go to our website. Send us an email right now, a question. Go to Facebook. Do it on Facebook. Bible Info Brokers. Messenger. Tweet. Or call. Right now, 888-995-5552, 888-995-5552. I'm pointing at Brian Craig. He's not responding. One more time, Brian. 888-995-5552. Thank you very much, Brian. I'll get, I'll, I'll get you the, the, the script next time. We'll be back at these messages.